Welcome to the Heart Ventures Podcast. I'm Dee Dee Morris. And I'm Krista McNally. And we're here to remind you about the importance of prioritizing adventure, whether near or far in your day-to-day life. So whether you're a seasoned traveler or someone who enjoys their wine with the side of wanderlust, you're in the right place. All right, let's, let's start with your first childhood memory of adventure. Hmm. So I grew up in the suburbs of Montreal and we had something off of our street called the bike path, which was like a very fancy name. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's it's a paved strip and it goes really far uh, across the community and beyond. And this to me was like the place to go for adventure. And uh, I just remember spending so many hours biking and like being on this bike path. And there was one particular section close by, there was like a baseball field nearby and it was a forest. And I always thought the forest was so magical and so big and like so mysterious. And when I go back and visit as an adult, I'm like, this is literally like 10 trees. Yeah. <laughs> Does your mom still live in your childhood? Home? Yeah. Yeah. She Aww. still lives there. That's cool. And is your bedroom, is your bedroom set up still as your bedroom? No. I mean, the stars that we talked about in episode two with oh, Sarah, yeah. the yeah. stars are on the ceiling, but otherwise it's become more of my mom's like scrapbooking and crafts room, I would say. Right. Yeah. I love that as a kid, your, um, your memories are so intri- like, they're so intricately linked with your size. And then you grow up and you're like, what, what is happening? <laughs> like the world is so huge when you're little. <laughs> oh, I know. And it just felt like, I, again, I, I find it so hard to think about kids growing up now with cell phones, because obviously we didn't have them back then. And so mm-hmm. there was this sense of freedom mm-hmm. and a sense of trust of like, okay, be back by dinner. Mm-hmm. And no one knows where you are in between. And not that like, I personally wasn't up to anything mischievous, but it, it mm-hmm. just felt like you could do anything. Yeah, exactly. And now, like, similarly I grew up just being outside all the time and having adventures nothing mischievous and like my girls in comparison they definitely are outside kids like I kick them out of the house a lot but they ask all the time can I be on my tablet can I be on my tablet and and I'm just so saddened by that because I mean I as a kid like I loved watching tv too and like losing myself in other people's lives Mm-hmm. but um yeah it makes me sad as an adult to to watch them doing that yeah. so yeah that it be, is a very different thing hearing you say that like I do have memories of like I had a Game Boy and mm-hmm. then I remember loving Nintendo but then even more so Super Nintendo and I did play a lot of Nintendo with my cousins and stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah it was definitely balanced by the outdoor adventure exploring hide and go seek I loved hide and go seek yes what other games did you guys play did you play hide and go seek in the dark yes yes and okay so now when you just asked 
what other games we played. So my cousin Tanya, she's two years older than me. We actually, um, we would have a ghetto blaster where we would record ourselves doing interviews. Oh my God. So we've come full circle. <laughs> this just goes to show how much we do not change. <laughs> <laughs> but we also did very funny things and with that ghetto blaster. Like we would put it on record and stick it in, hide it in her brother's room to try to spy on him. Like I remember. Oh my spying. God, that's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah we, it was next level we t- we made up characters we played um the flute <laughs> the flute but it wasn't the flute it was the the instrument that every like elementary oh, the school, recorder the recorder the group yeah did you play with your cousins more than your siblings because you're quite a bit younger than your siblings are you not yes so my sisters are nine and eleven years older than me mm-hmm. so I definitely have more memories of playing with cousins and friends Mm -hmm. and my sisters were more of like, if they played with me, that was like the golden ticket because I wanted to play with them, but they were so much older and obviously doing their own things. But yeah, I, yeah, I remember, especially my older sister when she would have like boyfriends come around and I wanted to go in the basement and like she didn't want that (laughs) every sister's nightmare (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah oh um so what was your like I'm assuming that you traveled a bit more as a kid than I did is that true like as a family what did you guys do for like family vacations and Yeah. So uh, both of my parents were teachers. Mm -hmm. So the kind of rhythm that we had was obviously summers were off and we, we always stayed put. We had an above ground pool in our backyard and we were all Mm -hmm. just happy to hang out there and like chill. Uh, However, the trips we did were more so on March break. Right. And that's when we would go down to Florida Mm-hmm. So we did everything from like Disney World or staying on St. Pete's Beach and just like going to the sun. And I think that it's also because their parents were there. So we visited the grandparents. Are they still there or are they past now? Oh, they're past. Right. But your your mom is going down again this winter and you're going to visit her is that correct or is yeah, that so my mom and her sisters they spend a few months on the east coast of florida in a town mm-hmm. called pompano near fort lauderdale so mm-hmm. we're going to spend one month with her and then steven's parents go down to naples so we're going to spend the month of january with them oh that's really cool yeah so we didn't do any big traveling um i mean you know florida's not small but we didn't do like new countries or new cultures or anything like that. It was mostly one yearly trip to Florida. Yeah. So when was your first international? I mean, that's international, I guess, but like as an adult, I guess when, cause okay, let me just like draw a little bit of a timeline because you met Steven in Banff or Jasper. Uh, Technically Glacier National Park in BC. Okay. So you were just out of university when you met him? No, I was finished my second year. Oh, okay. So did you travel anywhere internationally on your own before that? 
The only thing I did was, I guess when I was in grade nine, me and my parents, my sisters didn't come on this. We did a Caribbean cruise. Oh. And uh, that was my only international travel. I mean, yeah, not counting elsewhere in the U.S. Right. And then you went out west to work at a camp? Okay, so let me tell you that yeah, story. So tell me the story. When I was 16, I applied for a job with Parks Canada as a student. And it was about bringing together 10 students from across Canada. And you all live in a house and you do different jobs for Parks Canada for the summer. I, I got the job and I was told I was chosen because on my application, I indicated that I had never been camping didn't have like much outdoorsy experience, no hiking experience. And they were like, we're going to turn this city girl into something. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> it, and it 100% was like, I can distinctly remember the drive from Calgary to Banff and like having the mountains appear around me. And I was like, awestruck. Mm -hmm. like I, I can even feel tears coming now like I was just mm -hmm. this is like nothing I've ever seen before because I had never been uh, west of Toronto at that point right and the mountains in Montreal just aren't the same there are no mountains but there's but people go skiing in Mont like out there don't they we so yeah yeah like we have um a popular ski ground called Tremblant but yeah you know, compared to the Rockies, like I would say those are hills versus mountains. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So wait, this was when, so the, the first time you went out there to work was when you were 16. Yes. Okay. And so shout out to Mike and Kristen on their podcast, because I had this aha moment when they were speaking to me mm -hmm. that summer of being in a close knit group and living together and just like the bond you create. Mm-hmm is something I have seeked and try to create my whole adult adult life. And I mm -hmm. think that's exactly what we do with our retreats mm -hmm. and our gatherings. It's just like bringing people together and being. Yeah. There's something magical that just happens with that, whether it's like on a retreat or just in life. Like that's kind of how we lived in, in SSU too. Oh, I'd imagine. Like, yeah. They were, you know, people that I don't think, you know, as a high school student or even a university student, if I had to choose, I probably wouldn't have been friends with many of them. But because we're like forced to live together, eat together, go to classes together, you just like they become your brothers and sisters. And so I was only out there for that se summer for seven weeks and mm -hmm. became brothers and sisters with these people. Like I, I still love them all so much. Like it's unbelievable. So I can only imagine your experience of several years with these people. Like it's incredible. Yeah. So that summer just got the mountains in, in my soul. Mm -hmm. And so then I kept on returning every summer after to, to work there, not for parks. Well, so well, actually that's not true. I, so, okay. Backing up again. So that summer when I was 16 is what got in my blood, in my heart and in my soul, which just made me keep going back to the mountains. So two years later, I got a job working at a kid's camp in the Okanagan Valley. And that becomes relevant to the story because a few years after that, when I was out West working at Parks Canada, 
Steven mm-hmm. got a job at that kid's camp. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the age gap between the two of you? Uh, we're both born in 85. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we're the, we're the same age. And so we met through a mutual friend there. And uh, I was working in Glacier National Park in Rogers Pass near Revelstoke, if anyone might know that area. It's so beautiful. And yeah, met Stephen through a mutual friend, thought it would just be a summer fling, but here we are 17 years later. But what was, you have to share what your first impression of Stephen was. Because you went out, this is what I remember, you went out there that summer specifically telling yourself you were just going to have a fling and be a hippie and the guy had to be a hippie or somebody who was like very like unstructured without a care in the world and then you met Steven yeah like my my vision of my life would be would have been to meet someone in BC and he would build me a cabin in the woods and that would be our life (laughs) I mean to be fair you have a cabin in the woods it's true it's true yeah but no Steven was not suspecting him was not suspecting that I would ever move out east it wasn't on my radar but here we are yeah, I love I love hearing how people meet their significant others. It's always it's always very interesting to me. Well, and so the 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 night after we met, we went on a hike with a few other friends and Stephen and I were chatting and so you have to understand at this time I was very much like an environmental activist. And then here comes Stephen, who tells me he's in chemical engineering and his goal is to work in the oil industry and he (laughs) wants to own a Hummer. (laughs) I forgot that part about the Hummer. (laughs) That is so funny, man. I... I feel like if I met Stephen way back then, I would just relentlessly mock him for wanting to own a Hummer. It, in his defense, he did say he wanted to balance it out by having a mini. <laughs> That's like me with my Great Dane and Chihuahua. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. What inspires you when you travel? I think what gets me excited about traveling is the newness in terms of like cultures and food and people and not knowing what to expect like there's always an element of spontaneity and unknown and I just I just love that I crave that and so but how do you bring that into your everyday I think it's little things like trying a new trail when walking my dog or even like going to a new restaurant or something just just switching things up Mm mm-hmm but it's it's so interesting, though, because like I'm saying all that and that's how I am, let's say, for example, with Stephen. But when it comes to our retreats, like those aren't the things I'm thinking about. Then it becomes more about the connection with the other women. Yeah, I mean, it's a very different experience, right? Because you're already like very connected with Stephen. So when you're traveling with him, it it can be more about the culture and I feel like it's kind of the same with me. Like when when we're hosting our retreats, we're working. So we're trying to foster a connection between the women who have come because really that's like the biggest takeaway. And 
like I said in in one of the podcasts, it's kind of like the the connection piece is what we're trying to foster as the hosts. And it's really what connects people to everything else that's going on where they are. Yeah, for sure. Because I think like if you don't connect to the people that you're on retreat with, the retreat becomes like not a fun space to be in. Well, it's interesting because we've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if that's true. Like maybe people could have a good time if they just were there to see and do the things and didn't make. Yeah, those I mean, I guess it go. It's like whatever expectation you go into yeah. it with, really. Yeah. Yeah. Managing expectations. Yeah. How do you manage your expectations? Oh, that question is an about adventure. I mean, I think expectations in general are not the greatest to have because then it could lead to disappointment or frustration but how do you balance that though because like in life I feel like it's impossible not to have expectations and I feel like it's also sad not to well okay or to not have them because you you're afraid of being disappointed so then maybe it's about being able to manage and cope when your expectations aren't met Yes, there's the right answer. (laughs) (laughs) Coping skills. And I remember that from uh, one of our dinners in Italy, we were supposed to go to like, the way it was described was like this foraging mushroom farm dinner experience. Right. And I was so looking forward to it. And it sounded amazing. And then it just wasn't that. No, it was not that at all. Yeah. And that was one that we like, fought to like get on the schedule I know well I think like, I we were like to this have it has on. to be a- yeah <laughs> yeah but it I mean it sounded super appealing yeah and and we had to pay a lot on the on the side of transportation to get yes, there we did. which was yeah. cool though because we did see a cool sunset from a different vantage point that was really really cool actually but it felt like we were on top of the world. Yeah. So that, so there you go. It's like the dinner itself was not what we expected, but I yeah. wasn't expecting a cool view. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the people, the like, the kids that were serving us were so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the family that served us was hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, coping with your expectations not being met yeah. is is a good thing so then my next question is how do you cope oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) getting into the therapy (laughs) like in general yeah like I don't know what are your coping skills like what are you eating kind of work what eating dress eating eating chocolate (laughs) eating chips um oh my god (laughs) uh I don't know I mean maybe I'll bring it into the Enneagram I think Mm -hmm. my whole your whole personality is your coping mechanism. So yeah, you can just see patterns in how you behave. And one for me is usually seeking outside approval or opinion. And I don't necessarily like that. Uh, So if I see that I'm doing it too much over something, I can back away and be like, okay, you need to chill and trust yourself. Kind of just listening to yourself and knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and, and your needs. That makes sense. Did you ever watch the show Breaker High? Was that on a boat? Yes. Who, what was that? Um, 
you're like the guy. Yeah, well, a very young yeah. Ryan Gosling. Right. Hilarious. But it was just the I concept forgot. of these people on a boat and that was their school. And I was like, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. That exists in real life. So I think I remember hearing that one existed based out of Nova Scotia. Yeah, I have like this weird thought that I think Becky Keene was on that. Oh. I think she, I think I'm going to confirm that with her later. Well, then we're going to need to get her on here yeah, to talk we'll about to have it. Her on here. Anyways, what were you saying about Breaker High? No, just that principle of like, I guess even before I had that BAMF experience, I was drawn to the thought of being with a bunch of your friends and being brought around on a boat and learning and doing all these things. So have you ever had like negative experiences in that realm, though, of like being with a bunch of people traveling and just wishing like hell you weren't there? I have been really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> like even my high school experience, like I loved everyone I went to high school with so much. And each year that passed, I was very aware of, oh, my God, we only have two years left together. Oh, my God, we only have one year left together. Like, that was always on my mind. But I think I'm getting better at that as an Well, I think that's also why I bawl my eyes out at the end of every retreat, because it's like, we're all so close. We're all so in love. And this is so magical. And goodbye. And now we have to go home. Yeah. Yeah. But remember that phrase that... um Katie Gorey said at the first Highlands retreat I just and I think both you and I have kind of clasped onto that as like a coping mechanism <laughs> which is that it's like a temporary passing of souls yeah temporary crossing of souls crossing of souls passing sounds like we died <laughs> no that that philosophy or whatever you want to call it has helped me through so much mm -hmm. I just it's so beautiful yeah. And I can apply it to everything we've spoken about. So what's on your bucket list? Mm, geez, you think I would have thought about this. I know you, you're you used to the one being asking the questions instead of being asked the questions. You know what? And this is probably a bad thing. Like ever since last year, I feel like because we're doing heart ventures, Stephen and I haven't really dreamed that much together because... We're basing trips more around where we're going on the heart ventures. Do you have anywhere that you want to go just by yourself without a partner, without a group of women, just you, just a solo trip? Oh, that's a good question. And also scary. <laughs> mm. But you did after the first Highland, the Highlands heart venture, you went to a few places, like you took the train around London or the UK? Yeah, I went around the UK on my own. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. And it was fun. And it was good. Um, and, and I missed people. Mm -hmm. I think what I would love to do is I would love to do something like a weekend in a cabin in the woods alone. Yeah. But when it comes to experiencing new things, I think I genuinely want I want other people around to experience that with. Yeah, like it's this interesting thing because I know that there's a lot of people in the world that just like love to do to travel by themselves and like go for hikes on their own and see the things just 
by themselves and experience it alone. Um, and I think I do, but then anytime I am doing something like that alone, I just wish there was somebody else there with me. Cause it's almost like you can't like that saying, um, you can't be in a relation or you can't something around like being in a relationship is like looking in the mirror. Like you can't experience yourself without being in relationship. Yes. But that being said, you're going to Nepal on your own. Yes, but I am hiking with other people. Like I'm not, I'm always with other people when I'm in Nepal, um, except for when I'm sleeping. But yeah, like I wake up in the morning and I go straight down to the learning center and I'm with kids and with adults like throughout the entire day. Yeah. And then, I mean, I take some space to myself to like go and explore a little bit in the city, but not a ton. And then, and then I'm hiking with a guide and with another woman. So. Yeah. And so, cause I, I even think to myself, like if I was in a random place traveling, I would try to seek out a stranger even to like go on the hike with me. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if you stayed in many hostels, but like I found hostels mm-hmm. were a great place to meet people and then you connect that yeah. way. And so, yeah, I think for me, like retreating and cause I love my alone time. I just mm-hmm. don't think it's for exploring new things. Yeah, like I definitely romanticize the idea of it. And maybe that's because I have kids too. And so the idea of being alone is so much more dreamy. So I think the quiet of being alone is just like such a, it's, it becomes very loud in your head when you're alone. But I kind of like, like, I like the idea of it. I just have never done it. So I don't know. Although I did explore the first time I went to Positano, I was on my own for like three days exploring Positano. Mm. And I really, I really enjoyed that actually. But it is like this interesting thing because I think that was the first time I ever traveled by myself. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, it's just, it's easy to just say no to things when you're on your own and just do like the easy things and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing, but like Stephen did, Stephen came to Italy while we were there and stayed on his own. He did all the hikes by himself. So I think that he's happy to do because he can go his speedy, his pace. speed. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, his love language is quality time. So he, he was sad to not have someone there. with Right. Him. Jeremy's love language is quality time too. Mine is not. What's yours? Acts of service? Mine. What? Acts of service? Yeah. I think mine is acts of service and gifts. Gifts. Yeah. Which like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, it's more like I really like giving gifts. Is that still the same thing? Uh, Well, usually if you love doing something, you're, you love receiving it as well. Mm -hmm. Um. But like a gift doesn't have to be like a, (laughs) not that you would want like a diamond necklace, but you'd be happy if like I gave you a leaf that reminded me of you. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I would prefer it actually. (laughs) (laughs) But no, my, my love language is not acts of service. That's another thing of Jeremy's that is his, like he, his is quality time and acts of service. Mine is touch. Oh, right. We know that. Yeah. What's yours? Words of affirmation. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Stevens must be gifts too because he always buys you gifts. Oh, he does not. 
anyways, we've kind of gotten off of the topic of adventure, but um, I feel like that's all. It's all like living life and who we are is all part of our adventure. So yeah. So yeah, you didn't you didn't say that you have anywhere specific that you're really wanting mm. to. That's on your like bucket list of places to go. Yeah. Okay. So of places I've been that I want to go back. I want to go back to Buenos Aires and Argentina mm-hmm. just because I was there as like a 22 year old. And so I want to go back as an adult and see what I, mm-hmm. what I would experience. Yeah. I also, that's sorry. I'm going to interrupt you because that's a really interesting point actually about how we experience things differently as a 20 year old versus uh, like late thirties, forties person and then also like as an older person beyond that like I think every stage in life you end up experiencing each place very differently yeah oh for sure and as we've talked about previously just that once you go back to somewhere several times you just get more comfortable and it's not like you don't have the same agenda of hitting up all the specific destinations you can just like integrate Mm -hmm. and be uh another reason I would go back is because at the time I was a vegetarian so I didn't get to indulge in the uh like the amazing steaks that were there oh yeah that's interesting I will tell you there's another like South American delicacy quote-unquote where it's like a hot dog with guacamole on top and I okay. allowed myself to have that because I love hot dogs and guacamole. You are the only person I've ever met who loves hot dogs. Like I, <laughs> it's like another level. They're so like good. people are like they'll eat hot dogs in the summer because it's more nostalgic, but you actually love them. They taste so good. Okay, so hot dogs with guacamole, and were you okay after you ate it, or oh, did yeah. you get sick? I was totally fine. I, but I just remember, like you know, relatively new relationship with Stephen, and he was like, mm-hmm. "How are you willing to eat eat this, but not this delicious steak that I'm eating?" Yes, I I think I side with Stephen on oh, that. Oh, I, I mean, again, current <laughs> day Krista does too, but oh my god, have you ever been to Japa Dog in BC? No. Oh my God, you're missing out. But is it, are the hot dogs too big? I don't like it when they're like. <laughs> no, like they're a little bit bigger than just like, you know, the little tiny ones, like the little, like the Door little, bot, little ones. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they're a little bit bigger than that, but they're not massive. Hmm. But yeah, the, the toppings are really good. <laughs> yeah, we try to replicate it all the time. Oh, fun. See, hot dog. One other place or a few other places that I do want to go in all honesty, I really want to go to Alaska and just see what that's all about. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Before it melts. Yeah. And I want to see the Northern Lights like hardcore. So maybe Mm -hmm. Northern Canada somewhere. I know a lot of people associate Iceland wouldn't you see them in Alaska? Yeah, I guess I could take. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I'm also really drawn to the Yukon. I think it would be cool. Yeah, I, I do too. I think the Yukon would be amazing. Also, like the Northern Lights. I, I don't really ever. I mean, Iceland. Yeah, it's. I think I've learned to associate it with Iceland, but I would. My brain goes more to like Norway, Sweden. Uh, yeah. 
for Northern Lights than Iceland. I would love to go to those countries, even just for like their sauna culture. Yeah. Sauna. That's how you pronounce it. Oh. Sauna. I don't know. I might be pronouncing it wrong now. And then I feel like I want to go back. Like, I feel like I want to go to Croatia with you slash do a heart venture Mm -hmm. there because that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, When did you go to Croatia? Uh, 2018. And would you do a hiking one there or a like creative one? Because I've looked at some of the hikes on like I've researched it a tiny, tiny bit and the hikes look insane. Like so gorgeous. Oh gosh, that's a good question. In all honesty, I I kind of think it would be creative with a nice hike thrown in there, but maybe there's yeah. different areas that would be more epic for hiking. Too many places to go, you guys. You need to start chiming in and telling us where you want to go. Yeah, because also Everybody. high up there is Tuscany, wine and food. Yeah, Tuscany, wine and food. I I definitely think an Icelandic one is in our future at some point. We just got to figure out like logistics of Iceland because there's so many different places to go in Iceland. So expensive. And you need vehicles. But yeah, what's the, what's the favorite place that you've been to? Can I pick top three? Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, so... Most recently, I'm going to choose Italy just because I think I have a ancestral connection there. Mm-hmm. And so it was super special to explore that country after our heart venture and be there during our heart venture. But yeah, I loved Italy. Yeah. Second, I would choose Uruguay because... Wait, what? Where's Uruguay? South America. Okay. Wait, what were you thinking? I just like had a brain fart for a second and I thought it was like, I couldn't like place it in my brain and I feel, I thought that it was like near Pakistan or something. (laughs) Yeah. Just so you know, I used to have the entire world map memorized along with the capital cities. I'm really not dumb. Yeah, no, Uruguay is just like gorgeous beaches, super chill, really good food, really fun people. Yeah, it's just stayed with me. If I were to choose a city, I really loved Amsterdam. Ooh, It was so clean. They take care of all their people in terms of housing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it was super cool. And But did you walk through the red light district? Of course we did. Yeah, I only ever spent like eight hours in Amsterdam and it was at night. Which is funny because that's your motherland. I still loved it. What? That's your motherland. Yeah, I haven't explored the Netherlands and I really want to, especially because I know people that live there and I'd like to see them. And yeah, I would really like to spend time. But honestly, like, I just want to spend time traveling. Like, I just want to spend time traveling and not being in Canada. Is that solo with family with heart ventures, all of the above? All of the above, yeah, really. So that was your top city, top other two places, like countries. Did you explore Uruguay and Buenos Buenos Aires? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, Buenos Aires. Um, as like a whole country, or did you just go to one spot? Uh, uh we traveled around. Because in Argentina, we then took a flight 
from Buenos Aires to like super south to Patagonia. Oh yeah, right. And that's where we did a bunch of hiking. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, that place is on my list too, Patagonia. Yeah. I do it does look amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is it's next level and I would also say comparable to our Rocky Mountains. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be rad to do a heart venture in our Rocky Mountains. The problem with doing it in Canada is that our seasons are so short. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm so hesitant of taking people where there's bears. Yeah, I mean that but that's that's here. Like I know grizzlies are a bit different than black bears, but Yeah, I would not be that afraid of like coming across a black bear. You just scream and make noise and they run away. I don't know. I think I'm more comfortable with bears from my uh, Park Canada days of training people like what to do. Right. You, see it, you know, like and you make noise, you walk with bear bells, especially if we're a big group, like they're going to hear us coming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just don't have a lot of experience with them. Yeah. I mean, we had brown bears in Ontario, but which are just as dangerous as grizzlies. But I never saw them. Right. I saw their scat a lot, but not them. There's been uh, a bear, a mama bear and baby bear around Lawrencetown lately. Yeah, that's a little sc a baby bear at this time of year. Yeah. So like I'm not oh. walking the trail next to my house because you don't want to mess with that. No, you definitely don't want to mess with that. When you travel, what is like a travel essential or like how do you prepare for traveling? it's like a go-to kind of ritual or whatever well the one thing that I have to make sure I take care I take with me everywhere is my eye mask because mm -hmm. I love sleeping in the dark and this will guarantee that no matter what it will be dark otherwise Kleenex <laughs> I do remember that about you <laughs> oh yeah you were when you came over I was like why are you so concerned with Kleenex you have allergies <laughs> you're like no <laughs> well I do but I like to blow my nose. <laughs> no this is this is how it happened most recently you came over and you saw all my stuff laid out on the spare bed for Scotland mm -hmm. and you're like what's this giant pack of things I'm like Kleenex you're like you're taking all of that <laughs> Did I even say like there's gonna be stores where we <laughs> yeah, go? <laughs> something like that, but yeah, Kleenex <laughs> is an essential. And uh otherwise I just I try to be mindful about what I wear in the plane. Like sometimes the tight leggings, if they go if they're high waisted and they go up your belly, then that can like start to constrict your belly, I find. So like I wanna wear Yes, I agree. Yeah, I hate that. I always feeling. thought that they would be good, but they actually make my stomach hurt if I'm wearing them on the plane. Yeah, if you're wearing them for like 12 plus hours, it's not a fun feeling. Yeah. And that's why I actually like traveling in um like stretchy jeans because then you have a pocket yeah. for your phone and yeah. They're looser. So Agreed. Yes. Yeah, so the yoga jeans that I have, mm. the ones that are like a uh, um tie waist perfect for flying oh that's a great idea yeah 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 they're like an elastic waist with like a tie 
and they're they're the best one thing that i haven't tried but i'm curious to try but also scared to try is compression socks so i hear people either love or hate them it seems like people who have to wear them hate them mm. and people who don't have to wear them love them exactly and this came from uh lauren who was on episode five of the podcast mm. i remember her sharing it with our group that you know she swears by them and I got a pair off yeah. of Amazon, but I never wore it because I was like, oh, I don't really want the first time I wear these to be in the plane. But I guess that's what they're for. I I guess. I mean, I feel like my friend Jay's partner wears them like all the time. He just loves them. Oh, because he's on his feet. Maybe. I mean, I don't think he's on his feet that much, but maybe he is. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Hmm something to something to explore yeah. more yeah um and when you visit a new place what do you seek out in that place mm. I know we talked a little bit about this not specifically but you probably addressed it in terms of like you like to you like to find new things but yeah but is there something like specific within every city or country that you go to that you're like okay I need to find my dot 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 yes so there's two things that come to mind immediately if it's a old european city i'm gonna be seeking out their opera house be oh right i remember you telling me this and i thought it was so interesting because we were in edinburgh and i was like yeah i checked and there's no opera house and you're like what are you talking about <laughs> such a random thing to me because they're all so beautiful and like yeah. full of history and the last time we were in Paris, we got to go to a show there, but it wasn't an opera performance. It was like a um, contemporary dance play. Okay. And it yeah. we our seats were like in an upper balcony and it was just bonkers. Like it was so beautiful on so many levels. Do you know the artist that's on the ceiling at the opera house? I cannot remember his name, but we studied him in school. In Paris? Yeah. No. I want to say it's Michael something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. But it is like in very interesting art on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, it's it's so like I don't know if opulent is the word. Yes. But... It is opulent, but it's also like um I don't know what I don't know what his art is like classified or categorized as i'm sure somebody will will tell us on some sort of post but um it almost looks like children's drawings mm. his name was mark chagall yes mark chagall yes i knew it started with an m oh i just a picture just <laughs> came up I'll, oh my god i haven't talked about the show notes yet but i will <laughs> put this in the show notes <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. So opera houses, anything else? Yes. So then you also know this because I have forced you to participate in some of them. I will always yes. check out Airbnb experiences. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that I find like an actual local person, i.e. not a tour company who is just putting themselves out there as an experience. Cause I did that in Nova Scotia for a while. And so like, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to get the real deal with me. I would say though, that 
especially more recently, it is a lot of really polished tour groups. Yeah. Which, which is pros and cons. Cause like we did a experience in Edinburgh of a whiskey tasting. And even though that was a company, it was lovely. It was great. Yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, I, I've done food tours via Airbnb in Venice and Amsterdam and just a whole bunch of different things. And I just, I don't, I, but it goes back to, I like meeting the people both like who are hosting it and then also the other travelers. Like, I'm just curious about all those people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, would you say other than the opera house? Cause I feel like the tours for you are also about connection. Mm that that's really what you seek out a lot when you travel is connection to the place, but also to people in the place. It's what I seek out every day in life. Every day in life. That's your adventure. Um, what was an adventure experience where you learned something about yourself? I would also like to point out that I have not said this is that's so awesome. Oh, good yes. job. Were you aware of that? Like you're working on it? Yes, I'm working on it. <laughs> Good job. Like, I don't know, I kind of feel lame using my 16-year-old Banff experience, but like that summer really changed me forever. I don't think you should feel lame about that. Yeah, I know. But in, like in my brain, I want it to be something different that I haven't talked about. But um, it was just, it was so formative. And like 16 is yeah. so young. And it was so special and I feel so lucky to have experienced that. And it really set the foundation for everything I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It, it sounds like it was very formative and I think that's, I think it makes sense that that would be the one that you would choose to talk about. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if like traveling with Steven has led me to learn anything. What about Ireland? Didn't something formative happen in Ireland? Oh, when he proposed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I mean, in that experience, I learned that I could be a pretty difficult person because <laughs> he had this vision of uh, doing this massive bike ride. I don't know how many kilometers it was, but it was not short. And he was going to propose at the top of the mountain. And leading up to that, I was so cranky and I should have just outright said, I don't want to do this. But instead, I was just yeah. passive aggressive and whiny and complaining. How old were you? 23, 24. Right, right. And anyway, then we got to the top of the mountain and I thought he was acting so weird. And I was like, are you OK? Like, you're shaking. Like, what's wrong? And then he got down on one knee and we were engaged. He was that nervous? Yeah. What? Did he not think you were going to say yes? Oh, no. He knew. He knew I would say yes. I, d I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that story. I just think it's so hilarious. Well, then the shitty thing, though, was that we still had to bike like 20K to get back to the town. So I was like, yeah, I just want to get there. I mean, you can... You can say you were difficult and yeah, you probably just said, a, should have said, dude, I don't want to do this. I'm like not feeling 
optimum. And it would be nice if we could do this on another day. But also read the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And adjust accordingly. And adjust accordingly. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do let's do our things, our uh rapid fire. Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Morning bird or night owl? Morning bird. I know I feel like I could answer most of these for you. <laughs> How do you start your day? Breathing. Mm-hmm. Glass of like wait. Okay. Obviously breathe. <laughs> intentional taking like an intentional breath okay and then a big glass of water mm -hmm. and then letting my dog out mm -hmm. tv show recommendation <sighs> <laughs> all right well i'll share the one that we're binging right now it's called pact of silence on netflix oh you'll have to tell me what that's about later um, I feel most alive when I am surrounded by people and laughter and good times. Finish the phrase adventures are important to me because. Because they fuel me to continue on to tomorrow. Woohoo. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for going in the hot seat. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us today. Just so you know, subscribing to our podcast is like joining us on a journey, ensuring that you never miss a story. It's free and it's easy to do. So do it now. Keep exploring, keep creating, and most importantly, keep believing in the power of adventure. Bye. Bye.